2: This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends down at Primal Conflict Wrestling. This coming Saturday night, April 8th, Primal Conflict Wrestling presents Flashpoint live from Leesburg, Virginia, featuring a stacked card with one half of our guests today. Glenn Ruth, a.k.a. Thrasher, from the tag team The Headbangers, as well as his partner Mosh, Ring of Honor's Brutal Bob Evans, and former TNA knockout Jade will all be in the house competing at Primal Conflict Wrestling's Flashpoint event Head on over to primalconflictwrestling.com for more information. And if you're in the D.C. metro area, come on down and see the two-man power trip of wrestling, as well as all the great talent of Primal Conflict Wrestling. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And welcome to episode number 255 of the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling, a podcast that you can get two times a week anywhere that you get your podcast fix, whether it's on iTunes or Player FM, Ear Peeler, TuneIn Radio, or my personal favorite, the Podomatic app, You can catch us there two times a week, and like I always say, you never know who's going to be on the other end of the line when you're listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. And again, we like to continue that trend as we welcome in a fun week, and we're going to call it Headbangers Week, as we kick it off with one half of the Headbangers Tag Team, Glenn Ruth otherwise known as Headbanger Thrasher, and later on in the week, we will be joined by his partner, Chaz Warrington, a.k.a. Headbanger Mosh, as we converge this coming Saturday on Leesburg, Virginia, all together, the two-man power trip and the Headbangers, to bring together a wonderful show that'll feature many, many great matches and uh, definitely some unique personalities. But... Obviously, Headbanger Thrasher is somebody that you're going to know just by thinking about the face paint, thinking about the kilt, thinking about the Marilyn Manson look, and thinking about that late 90s era of the WWF where the Headbangers were probably the most colorful tag team that the WWF had to offer and was definitely a part of what is a forgotten boom in tag team wrestling in the WWF that was filled with a lot of great tag teams, with a, a lot of great matches that have gone virtually unseen because they didn't record as much television as they do now in the WWE. So a lot of those matches, if you didn't see them live and in person, you definitely uh, you missed out. But... It's the Headbangers joining us this week, and John, as I welcome you in here, talk a little bit more about PCW's event this coming Saturday night, and tell us some of the uh, finer things that we can look forward to in this interview with Glenn Ruth, and a couple of the finer Headbanger moments that we get to cover as well.
3: Yes, Chad, back at it here again with the two-man power trip of wrestling, and like you mentioned, 4-8 coming up on Saturday, that is April 8th, in Leesburg, Virginia, PCW presents Flashpoint. And it's going to be a big one as the Headbangers do a little tag team action against the Punk Rock All-Stars, and that should be a great one. This is actually a rubber match, so this will be interesting to see who wins the rubber match and who ends up as the victor this coming saturday and that should be a ton of fun and as the headbangers kind of go through their independent run here and as they're hitting all the big time independent leagues like apcw for instance it is great to see them still in great shape still doing kind of what we know them as doing and that is tag team expertise and you think about chaz A.K. mosh and you think about our guest today thrasher A.K. glenn what a tag team run they've had obviously you know they started off as the spiders but really think about their career and where they've been this you know brief spot in uh, ecw uswa had a little bit of fun down there in smoky mountain and of course a lot of people what they remember them for is the wwf run back in the 90s that was a huge run a lot of fun a lot of uh, you know interesting matchups they had a lot of great tag team matches that they had and you think, you know, they're former WWF Tag Team Champions, they're former NWA Tag Team Champions. So it's pretty cool to see who they wrestled through their run there and who they were able to, you know, quote-unquote beat and who they were able to really have some awesome matches with. The Legion of Doom, they had some matches with. Uh, the New Age Outlaws, the Dudleys, the Hardys, the Blackjacks. Too cool. APA, I mean, I can go on and on. There's so many great tag teams. Furnace and LaFont. You know, I can just keep going with the, the great tag teams and the great matches that they had. But of course, you know, they had some great wars against the Godwins, who we talked about how it was some of their favorite matches and some of their best chemistry. But, you know, I could literally go on and on all day because Glenn is such a great talker he kind of does you know all these great stories and he gets into detail about the kind of the matches that I was just mentioning and, and the wrestlers I was just mentioning so in this interview he does go into some great details and tells some great stories the LOD story about when they wrestled on Monday Night Raw and basically you know they they didn't end up losing and LOD's return that's a great story get a lot of great stuff I love the stuff on Smoky Mountain the brief you know, point that we talked about it, but you know, back into the WWF, I just love the uh, the NWA winning the tag titles, that story, winning the WWF tag titles. So this is a really, really fun interview, and kind of didn't quite you know expect it at first out of uh, Glenn. You know, you knew his experience from the Monster Factory, you knew his many years of twenty plus years in the business, but you didn't know how great of a storyteller he was, and you really find out in this interview. I mean, I could listen to him talk all freaking day. Such a great storyteller. I just loved a lot of the great stories that we got from Glenn. And I kind of love going through that headbanger history because, as you know, Chad, they did make the return not too long ago on SmackDown.
2: I definitely like that phrase, the headbanger history, because they sure as hell made some headbanger history by making their WWE return some 17 years in the making and a triumphant And surprising return to WWE during the brand extensions tag team revival on SmackDown where they created the SmackDown tag titles and they needed some established teams to come in and the headbangers got the call. And if you recall when that did happen last year, it was on the weekend and social media just absolutely blew up with the return of the headbangers being eminent. And that Tuesday when they came back, the WWE did them a huge solid by playing a really great video package, hyping them up, showing some of their best highlights. And then when it came down to action, I think and they both admit that the match was a little bit shorter than it should have been, but the high-octane nature of their uh, offense was definitely there. They looked great. They, uh, it, it, they, the stage dive looked as good as it has ever looked. And it's definitely a ringing endorsement for coming to see them in Leesburg this coming Saturday. But, John, talk a little bit more about that return to the WWE, to SmackDown, and really the imprint that they made that, you know, I think all of us could really hope that maybe that is not the last time that we see the headbangers on WWE TV.
3: Yeah, I alluded to it, and obviously you were just talking about it. Awesome return on TV to SmackDown, and it's great to see a team that's been all over the place. Like I said, USWA, ECW, Smoky Mountain, obviously a long, long run in the WWF. It's great to see them coming back and kind of giving back and really teaching these young kids and these younger guys how to work. Obviously, you know, they worked with uh, Rhino as well, so he doesn't really fit in that category, but with working with Rhino when he was teamed with Heath Slater and kind of, you know, giving him some wisdom and kind of you know being a little bit of a mentor protege relationship with a lot of these guys it's great to see them bringing back these great tag teams and former champions of you know of these big time eras in wrestling and bringing it back today and really teaching these kids a lot and teaching them the small things whether it's psychology whether it's selling whether they're doing something wrong whether they're doing something right so it's great to see them back on TV and it's great to see them return on a WWE SmackDown live and obviously they had a little bit of a Uh, I wouldn't say a feud, but they had uh, some matches with the Usos as well. So awesome to see the Headbangers return. It was quite a good surprise as well. And we go into what Glenn thought of the locker room, what he thought of returning, what he thought of, you know, coming back. Will they come back? Will they make another return? Because obviously, you know, you're seeing more and more of these guys pop up on SmackDown. Spirit Squad popped up. So the Headbangers pop up a few times. Will they return? So that's another good one as well. And I really like the stuff that he said about the locker room and how much it's changed and what he thinks about the guys now and, and what he thought about the guys then. So that is some really cool stuff. That is some great stories. I love getting into that kind of stuff. And it's really cool that WWF, you know, has these former tag teams and former tag team champions, you know some, some, you know some great tag teams. It's great to see that they're able to come back and really contribute and really give something positive to show. And Glenn really talks about that, and he really likes how that's going on. And we even talk about possibility of headbangers maybe heading into NXT as well, and and whether there has been any talks. Because, you know, there's always rumors out there, but has there been any actual talks about bringing headbangers in, you know, part-time or maybe even full-time? So, great, great stuff. I loved everything Glenn had to say. Really, really fun stuff. You know, take it away here, chatty boy.
2: Don't forget, it's this coming Saturday night in Leesburg, Virginia, that Primal Conflict Wrestling presents its Flashpoint event featuring Brutal Bob Evans from Ring of Honor, former TNA knockout Jade, and also the Headbangers. So we want to thank Glenn Ruth for stopping by for the first part of Headbangers Week. And this coming Friday, we will have Chaz Warrington, a.k.a. Mosh, join the program, and he will talk about the Headbangers from his perspective and give us an entire rundown of a couple of the similar topics, but some really great insight into the stories you kind of can piece them together from both sides of the coin and that is this coming friday as chaz aka mosh will join the two-man power trip to finish out the headbangers week here on the two-man power trip of wrestling so john as the music starts to creep in hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to headbanger thrasher
3: and now for some tmpt business like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Two Man Power Trip, and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com, that is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno Sammartino, the late, great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jeffrey McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Onder, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to ProWrestlingKeys.com. Yes, ProWrestlingKeys.com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and you could please check out our page while you're there. You can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icon Collector's Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land. And- Now, without any further ado, a former WWF Tag Team Champion, a former NWA World Tag Team Champion, as well as a former WWF Hardcore Champion, he is the headbanger, known as Thrasher, aka Glenn Roof. Please enjoy.
4: Leesburg Virginia to battle in the land of primal conflict wrestling and you may remember him as a former WWF world tag team champion as well as a former NWA world tag team champion he's fresh off of WWE Smackdown he is one half of the headbangers and we would love to welcome in Thrasher thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling
1: Wow, I don't know what to say after that introduction. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to live up to that.
4: (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Obviously, we're here to talk about April 8th, Leesburg, Virginia, Primal Conflict Wrestling's Flashpoint event, their big return to Leesburg, Virginia. How do you feel about getting mosh and coming out to Leesburg, Virginia for Primal Conflict Wrestling?
1: It's so funny because we haven't been in that neck of the woods in probably, you know, a really long time. And, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody knows it or not, but we are originally from South Jersey, which isn't too, too far. We did a lot of stuff in in Baltimore, Maryland when we first started out. And, uh, you know, I know that's not too far from uh, Virginia and uh, everything. So we're looking forward to, to coming back up. North, I, I'd i like to say, because we're both down in Florida now, so it, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time for us, not so much the people we're going to be in the ring with, but, you know, we'll, we'll uh, give them the best time we can. And, uh, you know, if you're out that way, I suggest you come see us live. There's nothing better than seeing the Headbangers live and in a person. Come out, shake our hands, look up our skirts, you know, the normal stuff. <sighs>
4: <laughs> uh, in PCW, they have a tag team called the Punk Rock All Stars. So one can only speculate
1: as to the we beat them. pairing for the evening. Yeah, we beat them already. We, oh, we wrestled Aina, them already. Right. Look at that. Yeah. So the, uh, is that who we're wrestling? Uh, then I really I feel sorry for...
4: I'm going to say I'm uh, almost 100 percent positive. I'm going to say yes on that. But give us
1: this. Give us a, a scout report on them if you can. It, it was funny because we wrestled them in a uh, Maryland championship wrestling and uh, they didn't fare too good. They, they, they felt that the rest of the stage dive and, and uh, one was like really hairy. And like, I like, I guess pulled out several hundreds strands of hair from his chest, his back. And yeah, they didn't fare too good that night. You know, I hope they uh, have, you know, uh, honed up on their wrestling skills some. So, uh, they can give us a better match than they did last time.
4: <laughs> and also, you can't, uh, you can't forget the clash of uh, punk rock. And then you got the, uh, you know, more of the, uh, the death metal, the grunge, you know, the, uh, the skirts, the, the, the earrings, the piercings. I mean, that's a clash of styles as it is. So I guess when it comes to, uh, musically or, uh, you know, lifestyle-wise, they're in, they're in for another lesson from the Headbangers.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're going to teach them what uh, old school is all about.
4: That's right. Now, you want to talk about old school, we're going to talk about how it blended with the new school. And obviously, you know, when talking to you guys, the big elephant in the room is obviously what just happened this past year with your return to WWE on the SmackDown Live brand as part of their uh, kind of their tag team uh, reestablishment as they really went out on the limb to uh, get the tag team division over. But you and Mosh – came back for a couple shots at WWE. You know, what was it like getting that call and heading back to uh, to WWE, especially on SmackDown Live in such a great relaunch that they did with their tag division?
1: It was unbelievable. I'm I'm sitting in the gym, um, you know, and Chaz calls me up. He goes, you'll never guess who I just got off the phone with. I'm like, who? I just got an email. He goes, I just got an email. He goes, did you get the email? I'm like, no, I didn't get an email. He goes, Talent relations from WWE has contacted me, and Road Dog is is, is uh, Facebooking me, or um, he's tweeting me. He asked me if we were available for, for for SmackDown. I'm like, get the hell out of here! There's no way. I said, after all this time, they don't even mention our name. I don't know why. Um, you know, it's like we're that you know redheaded stepchild that nobody wanted, or or, or something. And then just it was just out of the blue. You know, Chaz got a. a it originated from a um, a tweet from uh, Road Dogg, a tweet saying, "Hey, you guys would be available? Would you guys want to come in for a shot for SmackDown? Blah blah blah, and everything else like that." And here something happened with. Um, uh, it, it was it was supposed to be the week before we actually showed up. It was supposed to be on the 23rd instead of the 30th of August, and for some reason they were in Connecticut and you need a special license in for, um, wrestling in that building that they were in. I don't know why, I guess it was the casino or I don't, I don't really understand what it was, but road dog was like, let me see if I can push you guys back a week and, you know, tell the story a little bit more and everything else. So, I I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's the first time that I've watched SmackDown, in a very long time. So I watched it on the 23rd, and then I saw Slater come out and do the whole, you know, I want a a contract and, and everything else. And then I heard Daniel and Shane say, you know, well, if you want a contract, how about we do this and put you in the tag team tournament for this, but we'll give you one week to find a partner, and then we'll find an opponent for you. And as soon as I heard that, I knew they were able to push it back a week, and we were going to be that that mystery, secret opponent. Never, I, I flipped out. I, I totally. It was like I got the call to come back up all over again. It was it was it was unbelievable. And then, you know, I had the same kind of feelings. I was like, oh man, but you know, I've heard all these stories about how the locker room was, and you know how it was, you know, so business oriented up there and everything else and how, you know, the guys aren't like what it used to be and everything else. And, and 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 so then I was a little bit worried how we were going to be accepted into, you know, their locker room because it's their, it's their house now. They've built, you know, what they have today and, and it, it, it's their locker room. It's their house. You know, it used to be ours and, and, and everything else. So, you know, it's theirs now. So, you know, we had no idea. We just knew we were going to wrestle, uh, you know, Heath and Rhino and everything else. We didn't know, you know, anything else about it and everything else. So we get up there and, you know, we're real hesitant. We go, we walk into catering, and the very first person that got up to, you know, come over to us was John Cena. John Cena got up, stopped eating what he was doing, and came over, welcomed us back, Thanked us for coming in, and he was. It was. It was super reassuring, and the the welcome that we got up there from the 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 guys that they have up there now. It was really good. It really took us back. It it made us. They they accepted us into their their house, their locker room, you know, their company, and it was it was it was really really nice, and it, it really set our minds at ease about hearing all the 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 bullshit rumors and everything else about how it was. Yes, it's very business-oriented. You have to wear, you know, a business shirt and, you know, nice pants and nice shoes and everything else when you're walking into the building and everything else because that's the atmosphere that they want to create. So you got to respect it for them treating it like a business because it is a business. Um, but, like, the, the, the camaraderie with the guys in the locker room, it, it – it was great. It was, it was awesome. I didn't see any difference between the attitude error, you know, locker room besides, you know, all the pranks that we used to pull and the video games playing and the cards and stuff. Like and they don't really do much of that anymore. Um, but you know, the joking around with each other and stuff like that. And the, 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 the brotherhood and the family that was up there, it, it's still, it's still up there today. So it was very, it was, it was great. It was awesome.
4: And then each time really-
1: after that that, that, that we kept going back, it kept getting better and better and better. So who knows what's going to happen in 2017? You know, we we feel that we have, you know, another good, you know, six months to a year run left in us that so we could go up there and really, you know, help the, the younger tag teams that they have on the SmackDown brand, um, you know, help them, you know, get more, more knowledge, more, you know, just, just to help out, just pretty much do what, you know, what the Dudleys did. You know, everybody says what they want about the Dudleys return and, and how it was, oh, all they did was go up there and job and everything else. It's, it's not, it's not that way. It's called passing the torch. It happens to every person in this business. You have to pass the torch on to the next one or or it's never going to, you, you know, grow. So, you know, we think that we have one more, you know, year in us, and and I really hope that we get an opportunity to, because I still think that we have, you know, a lot, lot to offer.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what I think was really cool about it was you guys, when the news, you know, really hit, I mean, the word spread like wildfire, and it was everywhere. I mean, every, you know, Dirt Sheet site was reporting it. It was all over Twitter. It was all over Facebook. And the response from the fans – had to be somewhat overwhelming, but then when you get to that night, and they started, you know, they played uh, one or two hype videos for you guys on the show, you know, got everyone ready for the, the, you know, the re-debut, but the match itself, the, the, you know, the high octane, the, uh, you know, the, the, what you guys did in the ring, I think, not. it's not that it took fans by surprise, because if you know how you guys are, and you know your background, you know that for you guys, it's just like riding a bike, you know, you could do it with anybody in the ring, but... The response from the fans afterwards with how the match came off, you know, were you guys really satisfied with how everybody really responded to that
1: first uh, appearance? Um we would have liked to have more time, but you know, that's the that's the I guess the the downfall of live TV, you know, especially when you're towards the end of the show and you're like right before the main event and stuff like that. You know, times get cut and everything else, and people need to realize. You know, you have to go out and do what you have to do. Would we have loved to have more time? Absolutely. I mean, we would have loved to have. You know, exactly what we we were scheduled to have. You know, like like five to seven minutes. You know, five to seven minutes on live TV is is, is a good amount of time to to tell a story. Um, yeah, you know, I I. I I like the way it came off, how the fans were like, oh, my God, they haven't aged a bit and everything else. I credit that the water down in Florida and the sun. I love it. Um, you know, uh, I don't think that we have aged all that much. I think we aged pretty well. Um, you know, if, if we could have had more time, it, it, you know, we could have done more stuff. Um, you know, we were brought in to do what they wanted us to do, and that's what they wanted us to do. It was unfortunate that time got shut, got cut short, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, everybody's going to have their interpretation of what it was. That's, you know, that that's the nature of the beast. Um, you know, some of the people were like, oh, I can't believe the, the headbangers, you know, they came back. You know, that was that, that gimmick is 20 years old and everything. I'm like, wait a second. Isn't Hulk Hogan a gimmick? isn't you know diamond dallas page a gimmick i mean nobody a headbanger is a headbanger whether you know it's 2017 there's still headbangers out there that listen to heavy metal music i mean we still do it you know from time to time and everything else it's 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 who you are i mean it's you know the the skirts are who we were i mean you know, everybody said, oh, they could have updated their gimmick and, and made it, you know, brought it into the 2000s and everything. That's not us. That's you know, that's mostly what we heard was stuff like that, you know, and, oh, they should have had more time and and just, you know. Oh, and the, the biggest thing was the ring music. Oh, they didn't have their old ring music, blah, 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 and everything else. Fellas, we don't have control over that. We went out when they told us to. It's music. I I understand that the music, you know, stands for a lot and everything else. It would be like Stone Cold Steve Austin not coming out to the the shattering glass sound and everything else. But it is what it is. We were, you know, it was was something that happened. You know, we didn't have a Titan Tron the very first time we, we, we came in. The second and third time we did, they played the same music they did all three times. I I don't know, maybe they didn't have have it on fi- I I don't know. I can't answer that question. It wasn't our call. Um you know and, and to be honest with you, I really didn't hear it. Um you know when we went and we did the show in Dallas, we hit, you know, I don't know if it generated on, on TV or not, but you know, we got a very good, you know, uh reaction when we came out. Uh it was it was humbling, it was nice. Um you know, a lot of people also said that the, the, the fans today don't know who we are, um, you know, but it, it, it can always be reintroduced to the fan base and everything else. I think, you know, more than half of the people there knew who we were and where we came from and everything else. So, I mean, everybody's going to have their opinion. You know, it doesn't bother me at all of, you know, what some of the comments were. Some of them weren't as nice as others. Some of them were great. I would say the majority of them were were, were pro-Headbangers instead of, you know, anti-Headbangers.
0: With the Headbangers, obviously, you know, if you're a true wrestling fan, you're going to remember the Headbangers and you're going to have, a, you know, some positive things to say. But when you and Mosh came up with that gimmick, you know, the... The chemistry, you guys, is great, but I mean the look, the nose range, the kilts, the face paint, the outfits, all that other stuff. How would you guys kind of come up with that gimmick?
1: Here's the weird thing is we actually didn't come up with it. We, we did our stit for uh, USWA's uh, Gary Lawler's um, in Memphis, and we wrestled for Gary Lawler as we were called the Spiders, and we were under a mask and everything else. And I've known Lawler for years from when I first started and everything else at the Monster Factory is where we both trained out of. And I actually trained Chaz because I was the the head trainer up there. So Larry Sharp was the owner at the time of the Monster Factory. And he used to bring in, you know, different top names to come in and do shows once a month. Lawler would come in, you know, um, Jim Cornette would come in, Abdullah the Butcher would come in. All these guys would come in you know, over the years that I was up there. So, you know, Jerry Lawler always told me if I ever wanted to come to USWA, you know, just let him know. He's always had a spot for me and stuff like that. I never wanted to go into a territory by myself. I, it was just one of the things that I wasn't comfortable with. So I never so I never pursued that, that, that way. When Chaz came down, we got together, we hit it off you know he was in the business a very short time before we went up and we you know his first match was Adam Bomb that he ever had and um you know we went up there i was always told in wrestling it's a lot easier to make it look believable getting your ass kicked than kicking somebody's ass and for some reason when larry sharp told me that it stuck with me for years um and i still believe that to the day the art of selling is is something that you know, is sometimes is it a, a lost art. So, you know, to make a long story short, we did our time at USWA. We did our time out in Arkansas for Burt Prentice, and then we find, finally contacted Jim Cornett. Cornett is the most honest person. If you don't want to know the answer, don't ask Jim Cornett the question. That's all I have to say about Jim Cornett, <laughs> <laughs> because he will tell you the honest and the most blunt way possible as he will tell you. Um, and if you're not thick-skinned, you maybe not want to ask Jimmy the question. So, I mean, like I said, I knew Jimmy for years, and we're like, hey, Jimmy, we want to, you know, you know, do you have anything for us? You know, we're finished up here. We did our stuff here. And Cornette was like, you know, I love your guys' work. I hate the masks. Jim Cornette hated the hoods. So he goes, let me think for a couple – you know, for a little while and see if I can come up with something and everything else. And this is when the gangsters, the original gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa, were down running Smoky Mountain and and tag teaming and and stuff like that. So they were just finishing up, and Cornette called us up. He goes, I got the perfect idea for you. He goes, I went to a concert the other night. Now, you got a picture of Jim Cornette at this concert. We're like, all right, where, (laughs) where did you go? He goes, I went to a Glenn dancing concert, and I saw all these guys out there with tattoos and piercings that they were slam dancing in each other and spitting on each other and everything else. He goes, and I came up with an idea and a gimmick for you guys. You guys are going to be the headbangers, Mosh and Slasher. And we were like, Jimmy, Slasher, really? There's a guy named uh, that's in a heavy metal band called Slash. You know, I don't really think we should. He goes, all right, Thrasher then. He goes, you guys can come out, spit on each other, slam dance. He goes, it's going to be awesome. He goes, we can really push this to the limit. So we are like, okay, great. We were up for anything. It was a job. So we go out, we get shorts, you know, khaki shorts, but they were black. And we go get the grunge shirts. And he goes, that's great and everything else. And we work down, you know, in the South. And Cordette's like, no, I want you guys to really push the issue, the envelope. I want you guys to be so far out there. You're walking to the ring, you're spitting on people, you're dragging dead animals to the ring and, and everything else. He, it was really, Jimmy was really far out there when he came up with this whole headbanger gimmick and everything else. So me and Chaz, we're, were like, we're watching something on TV and we see Axel Rose on stage wearing a kilt, wearing a skirt. And he was shirtless and everything else. And me and Chaz looked at each other and right then and there, we said, you know what? What better way to get Southern people to hate two guys when to see two guys in a skirt? So <laughs> we go out we go out to a, a thrift shop and we're looking around. we now you gotta imagine I'm six foot four, you know, two hundred and forty pounds. Chad is six foot two, you know, two hundred and twenty, thirty pounds, and we're in the Salvation Army trying on skirts, <laughs> yelling across the back and forth to each other hey, how does this one look? Does this look good? And everything else. So it was quite, it was entertaining for us to actually go out and buy these skirts and everything. And it just caught on really big. It it was at the time where, you know, you had the the people wearing all the black and Marilyn Manson was starting to hit. And, you know, all the parents were like, you know, anti-Marilyn Manson. And that made all the kids want to go even more. You know, why did you like Marilyn Manson? Because mommy and daddy said he was the devil. So it made you interested in what, you know, back then it was always, you know, do the opposite of what your mom and dad said. So it was, it was at a very good time where it was right. And, you know, we worked on it for Cornette until Smoky Mountain closed. Um, And I'll tell you what, once Smoky Mountain was in the process of closing, Cornette was still with WWF at the time, WWE. And, He goes, guys, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to get everybody up there, and it's when Vince was trying to transition from the jobber matches to the more competitive, um, I have a star here and a guy that possibly could win. Before, it was you had the star, and you had this one little guy in the ring that you knew was going to get his ass kicked. So we go up there, we try out, um, you know, for a potential part-time position, just doing TVs. So we go up there, we do our match and everything else, and Shane McMahon loved us. You know, we didn't change anything. We got hired pretty much right there at TV with the part time contracts. Part time contracts were sweet. We, all we did was TV Monday, Tuesday, and that was it. They paid for everything, everything was paid for. So then the headbanger gimmick started. You know, kicking off, and we heard that they were you know eventually was going to start with some action figures and T-shirts. Well, that wasn't written into our part-time deal, so we actually went to them and said, "Hey, can you write the the the, the gimmick sales into our, our our part-time contracts?" And they were like, "Ah, yeah, it's not going to work that way." So that's when we were actually hired full-time. We didn't have a guarantee or anything else like that. After our first year with the company, we were actually we did our we redid our our contract and we were had another two year deal for uh, a guaranteed amount of money. So we actually started with with Vince as the Headbangers, and the the gimmick was given to us from Jim Cornette.
0: Awesome stuff! Such a good story, and you know, it's awesome it, it, to hear kind of the the, the evolution of the
1: Headbangers. And it, it was weird, too, cause, because when we first started, you know, Vince really, he loved the, the, the gimmick and he loved the idea. And he was actually going to, when we did the whole Sisters of Love the, and everything else, he was actually going to twist the two together to make it like these headbangers are so crazy, they don't care what they're going to wear to the ring. They'll come to the ring as nuns just because they want to fight. <laughs> but we got a little bit too we got a little bit too much heat over the whole nun thing, so that ended you know rather quickly. He got a lot of uh, negative feedback from uh, the churches and whatnot. So, but it was still you know, hey, the sisters of love are undefeated. <laughs> I mean, they go down in history as being the only tag team in the world to ever be undefeated and to be on <laughs> TV and be undefeated. So they retired undefeated. <laughs> that oh. is great
0: and, and as I as I start to wind it down a bit here because we're running a little bit short on time and this has been a great interview but the headbangers to me it always when you, especially when you remember watching you guys back in the day I remember thinking about some of your matches stuff so many underrated tag teams that you guys were able to get in there with and then it's some big name tag teams as well I mean Legion of Doom Owen and British Bulldog uh, the Body Downers the Blackjacks Rock and Roll Express the Hardy, I mean so many good teams. Do you have a favorite match or maybe a couple favorite matches that stick out? I know there are so many good ones.
1: It, it, it is so funny because I get asked that question, uh, you know, at least once a day on Twitter and everything else. And we had great chemistry with um, the Godwins. You know, the Godwins, when we went up there, we wrestled them a lot. Um, and everything else is, you know, when we won the tag straps and everything else, we wrestled them, you know, for so long It was it, I think at one point We wrestled them Six months straight On the road And everything else And um, It was um, It was to the point Where we didn't even Have to talk about Our matches We just would go in there And we would know Exactly what the other one Was doing And everything else I think some of the Best matches That that we had Were, were with You know um, uh, The New Age Outlaws Were with you know, teams that we could actually, you know, get in there and, and fly around with and everything else. And, you know, I would have loved to do more stuff with Matt and Jeff. Um, you know, I remember when Matt and Jeff first came in and, and, you know, they came in the same way we did as, as job guys and everything else. I can remember it was right after we lost the tag bouts and we were, we wrestled them. I believe it was in Nashville. And, you know, we were told to go out there with an attitude and just beat the living crap out of them. And I felt so bad because we knew Matt and Jeff, And, um, you know, we just, we totally, you know, just killed them in this one match. And, uh, you know, I wish we could have done more stuff with them. And, you know, just the people that we had a chance to wrestle with, you know, speaking of, you know, LOD, they were, they're legends. That's who, when I think of, you know, tag team wrestling, I think of legends like, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, you know, the Legion of Doom. You know, I, 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 see guys like that and, and we actually were you know, lucky enough to share the ring with them and, and, you know, to be picked to go over on them and, mm. and beat them. You know, they are two teams that are in the hall of fame, you know, LOD and rock and roll express that are, that are going in, you know, this year, um, you know, it, it was, it's, it's hard to say, you know, Davey and Owen were, were just so easy to work with. Um, it was, it was so weird because at that time there was so many tag teams up there that were, were really good and and they all had a special, something very special that, that was, was good about them. And it was, um, you know, Owen and Davey boy, I and mean, even Brett, they, you know, Brett was one of the, the guys that we would turn to a lot when, you know, we had questions and stuff like that. We were, you know, very close with, uh, Brett Owen and Davey, and you know, it was it was it was it was the time that I, that I treasure. I treasure to this day and, and everything else. And whenever I have a chance to see Brett and and uh, you know the guys that you know we're going up for WrestleCon for WrestleMania coming up in in a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And we look forward to going up and, and doing the WrestleCons and the conventions and stuff like that, and seeing guys that we haven't seen and stuff like that especially, you know, at this time in your life where, where, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, uh, you know, we, we've lost, you know, quite a few this past month. And, you know, it makes you realize that, you know, it's the, this is a brotherhood, you know, they're an extended part of my family. You know, I spent, you know, years with these guys and, and, you know um, it was hard when George, George passed away cuz you know he was with the oddities. If you guys remember that, he was part of mm-hmm. the oddities yep. when we would wrestle against them and you know George was was just the, the the nicest guy and and you know he would do anything for you. He was he was he was real. He was genuine. And um it it was awesome and and when you see the guys today you you know at least when I see them it is I make sure that they know how much I appreciate them, and, and that you know I always want them to be safe. You know, it, it's it's so important. I don't want to anybody to 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 leave not knowing how much I care about them and, and what they've meant to me in my career.
0: Awesome stuff. And just one last uh, question before we get didn't to mean the to the get topic.
1: zappy on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, got very real. I was gonna say you know you mentioned such you know heavy stuff and, and kind of um you know some big set brotherhood and family and stuff you know what is like you, you know the big accomplishment for you in the business? was it winning the tag titles was it you know having those kind of mentor relationships with a lot of the guys like what's your kind of um you know your big um part of the business that you took away the most
1: it It's so funny because everybody says that they're like what what was what was like the biggest moment for you and everything else? And it it was, you know, I always say the same thing. It's winning the tag belts. It's, you know, going to your very first WrestleMania, not even six months with the company and winning at WrestleMania. There's not many guys that can say, hey, I've been to the WWF or WWE. There's not many guys that can say, hey, I've been to the WWE and I've won at WrestleMania. There's not too many people that can say that, you know, because it's a select group. And, and then I look at, you know, there's there's three big things. There's those two, of course, and it's just the relationships. It's the 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 like I said before, the brotherhood, the family, a, and everything else that that you, that you make along the way, a, and the relationships that you make and and stuff like that. And you realize, you know everything that's been done. I mean, you realize all the the fans that you touch and and what you've meant to them. And, you know, I always say this. I've said this the other day on Facebook and Twitter to somebody. uh, You know, without the fans, there wouldn't be any kind of superstars. You know, somebody said said to me on Facebook, hey, man, you know, I really appreciate you, you talking to us and stuff like that. And I tell them, you know, if I didn't do that, nobody would want to come see you. It's just, you know, a lot of people I think today forget the fans that make the, the, the the superstars without the fans, there's nobody to perform in front of. So it's important to me to, to stay in contact with the fans and to make sure that they know that, that I appreciate them. And, you know, they spend their hard earned dollars to come see us and everything. So, you know, there's, there's so many things that, that I've taken away from, from the business and everything else that I appreciate, you know, a little bit more now, you know, as I'm getting older and stuff like that, than I did when I was younger. You know, I've always believed in fans are first and fans, you know, make everything, but, you know, as you get older, you realize how many more people that you've touched and, and you know, what kind of differences that you've made and, in, and, in, in, you know, people's lives and stuff like that. It, it, it's extremely touching. It, it's, it's really nice. That's why I can't wait to, you know, April 8th to, to come to Virginia, Leesburg, and, and see everybody up there. We've got to get away from this mushy stuff, man. You guys are killing me. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's right. Get down to Leesburg, Virginia, April 8th. Come see the Headbangers as they roll into town and do only what they can do, and that is slam dance and headbang and stage dive their way into PCW immortality. But just to touch on this quick before we let you go, you know, social media being what it is, and we've hit this with a couple of guys, it's just kind of funny to see if there was Twitter or Facebook twenty years ago during
1: your heyday oh or God. your
4: main run, how many careers would have ended right there if we uh, if we knew what was really going on back then? I I don't
1: I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. I think I'd be still doing you know uh, twenty to life <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if Twitter and Facebook was around when when. Uh, Back then, but uh, it, it's funny because you know when we get together and we do these um, autograph sessions and we see some of the people that that we used to, you know, back from the attitude era, we all say the same thing. Thank God we didn't have social media the way we have it now. Back then, we all of us, you know, would be in trouble and stuff like that. The pranks that we used to pull on each other and, and stuff like that. Oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
4: That's so awesome, yeah. Well, Grasher, been a lot of fun, and we look forward to continuing the conversation, if we can, in Leesburg, as well as seeing so many of the lovely folks of the D.C. metro area. So, with that being
1: said, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Make sure you guys come out. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great time. April 8th. Don't miss it.
2: Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling.
4: What the world is downloading.